from WOUB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Kayla McCluskey. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from Southeast Ohio. This week on The Outlet, the Appalachia Community Grant Program sends millions of dollars to communities around the region. And Ohio University's basketball teams prepare for out-of-conference matchups. These stories and more, right here on The Outlet. Communities in Southeast Ohio come together to receive money through the Appalachia Community Grant Program. Outlet reporter Jack Green has more on how this program impacts Athens and nearby communities. So Jack, you mentioned in your article that the city is partnering with other communities to receive millions of dollars in round two of the Appalachian Community Grant Program. Can you explain more about the program and what the city plans on doing with the money? Yeah, Caleb, the Appalachian Community Grant Program was created by the state of Ohio to provide funding opportunities to support communities in all of Ohio's uh, 32 Appalachian counties. Uh, and the program requires bids from counties and other municipalities to for the program to be between two or more counties to help regional projects supporting future development. Now, that could be from infrastructure to community-based buildings to just future developments as a whole. Um, there's just different layers to what it could be. But the city of Athens is focusing on um, their infrastructure, and so they're partnering with Ross County for round two of this program. Athens City Council unanimously approved a memorandum of understanding at their most recent meeting. Director Andy Stone said that they hope to receive about $6.5 million of this money, and they hope to do some major improvements in the city. Service Safety Director Andy Stone said the city is hoping to get around $6.5 million, and that's just a portion of Ross County's bid. It's actually a much larger bid. And with that $6.5 million, the city is hoping to move um, utility lines along Stimson Avenue and the streets intersecting Court Street, um, the sections between Congress and College Street um, underground, kind of making it a little bit nicer. The city is also hoping to put some money towards streetscape work on Carpenter Street. Now, with this being round two of the grant program, did the city receive any money in round one? Yeah, so the city was actually lead. Um, so in this in this round, Ross County is the lead uh, for this bid. But back in round one of the bid, Athens County was the lead. The money they received in that round is going towards the improvements we're now currently seeing at the Athens Armory at the top of Court Street. They're kind of redoing the armory to become a co-working space along with an event center, which is really the main points of this program, kind of making a building that is going to invest in the future of Appalachia. So when will recipients for this round be announced? Recipients will find out how much money they're getting um, early next year. Um, there's no specific date set yet, but the state says they are going to release that in the beginning of next year. Yeah, and then what else was mentioned at the city council meeting? So, Caleb, like we talked about previously, the city passed an ordinance raising parking rates by 25 cents. So now if you're trying to park anywhere in the city, it's going to cost you maybe a little bit more. Um, it's We're still waiting for Mayor Patterson to sign off on it and for those rates to be implemented into the system. Uh, it's kind of unclear when that will happen. Uh, but for high-intensity zones, so basically uptown Athens, your parking rates are going to go from $1 to $1.25. And so for medium intensity zones, it's going to be raised up to a dollar. And then for low intensity zones, it's going to be going up to 
75 cents. Now that is all per hour. For the parking garage itself, the rates are going to go up to a dollar per hour. Now all of these rate increases are going to go towards building a kiosk system in the city's parking garage that's across from the city building. This is so that the city can charge for people parking in the parking garage 24-7, and that way they can kind of get a little bit more money from people parking in the parking garage. And so that also some people don't... Also, so that some people who are parking in the parking garage still have to pay their rates instead of sometimes being able to get away without paying. And then city council also had a first reading of the garbage rate ordinance. How much more could residents pay for trash collection in Athens? So as of right now, there wasn't any changes to the rates. So if you are on the one can rate in the city, you will be seeing a $7 increase. If you are on the two can rate, you're going to be seeing a $8.80 increase. For more information about why those rates are going up so high and what the city is going to possibly do to try and keep those rates a little bit lower, you can go to my other article um, looking at these ordinances and talking about why the rates are going up so high. That was reporter Jack Green with WOUB Public Media. You can find more about Jack's story on WOUB's website at woub.org. Suzanne Piper, a reporter for The Post, Ohio University's independent student-run newspaper, recently reported on the upcoming construction at the Ridges. So what can you tell us about this project? Yeah, so the project is kind of a vision to carry out the 2015 Ridges Framework Plan, and the 2015 plan was like an initial goal to um, develop and revitalize the Ridges, and is now called the Ridges Development Strategy, and the goals are kind of to put the 2015 plans into action. So I had the chance to speak with Dominic Brook, who was the director of real estate at Ohio University, and he said that construction won't begin until around 2025. So with construction not being able to start until 2025, where does the project sit at currently? So it's kind of in a preparation phase, which means they're doing finishing touches um, before construction begins. And they're serving the land, having buildings and land appraised, building condominium declarations. And they also just started the new community authority, which is a group to help oversee developments and invest in improvements within the area. So along with the construction, what does the group have to do in order to make this accomplished besides the construction part? Yeah, so they have to have county and state legislation approve resolutions to get this into action. And then with the people that you were able to talk to, did they Mm kind of talk about what like the overall purpose or even the impact of these developments for the ridges are supposed to be doing? Yeah, so the purpose is to, like, preserve the history of the ridges and conserve the land, and it'll open up job opportunities and affordable housing opportunities, all while keeping the same historic um, feel that the ridges has. And the ridges is a huge landmark in Athens, so it's important for these buildings to be rehabilitated and redeveloped. That was Suzanne Piper from The Post. This segment is a part of a collaboration between Ohio University's longest-running independent student-run newspaper and WOUB Public Media. The reporting was done by The Post, and the audio is brought to you by the production team at WOUB. 
To read Suzanne's full story, visit thepostathens.com. Winter conditions make their way to Athens. WOUB lead forecaster Emily Dietz talks about how residents can prepare for the colder weather. So Emily, Thanksgiving just happened, and with Thanksgiving, we had a major switch up in the weather. So what can you tell us about the weather for today and then also for the rest of the week? For sure. Well, today has definitely been a cold one. On Tuesday, I guess that's today, it was, I think, a high of 31 recorded. But even with the wind, it felt like it didn't even leave the 20s. And I know I was absolutely freezing when I walked outside. I had to break out the winter coat uh, yesterday and today. But hopefully later this week, we can put them away a little bit and get back to sweatshirt season. But what happened is we had a pretty large cold front move through that just pulled in a lot of this, like, air from Canada, the polar area, too, that just really cooled everything down. If you look at temperatures out in the Great Plains area, northern Midwest area, you can see very similar temperatures to what we have where they're in the teens. So fortunately, we're not dropped down that low, but it's definitely a chillier day. But looking ahead this week, it's actually going to warm up a little bit. So we have a pretty nice low pressure system developing down in Texas that we're anticipating moving through on Friday, and that's going to pull up a lot of rain. So we're looking at a rainy day about the late morning hours. So you should be into work right now if you uh, work those typical morning hours in the afternoon. But if you go into work a little bit later, make sure to bring that raincoat because it'll definitely be a bit rainier. But then we're going to see a lot of cloud coverage going on later the rest of the weekend as well as some possible pop-up showers as that low-pressure system continues to move over us uh, as well. Yeah, and then with December coming to Ohio in the coming days. Some places in Ohio already have snow, so what can you tell us about that? For sure, yeah. I mean, I even saw some snow flurries yesterday and a bit today, and I was I was kind of excited for that, you know? Now that we're December, holidays are here, I'm really excited to see snow on the ground, and unfortunately, rain is coming, but I wish it would be snow. But like you said, yeah, some areas are already seeing a lot of snow, especially near the Great Lakes region. So when you have a pretty extensive low pressure system or even a lot of these winds that just kind of sort of sweep across the lake, they pick up a lot of that moisture and produce a lot of snow. So up near Cleveland, excuse me, up into Ashtabula and into Pennsylvania, we see a lake effect snow warning. And that's going to be in effect till Wednesday about 7 a.m. And then we're anticipating still seeing that snow on the ground. So right now we're looking about two inches uh, zero to two inches near Cleveland area, a little bit more, so about two, four inches uh, as you get to the edge of Ohio and Pennsylvania, just kind of depending on where you're at. It's very localized, uh, shifting with that snow, especially with the wind blowing, because blowing wind makes snow look a lot like it's snowing a lot harder than it actually is. But yeah, and then you may see a little bit of that snow stick around later this week, but with that rain coming in, it might melt a little bit, but for the most part, things are definitely getting snowier, especially up in Michigan, New York, and Pennsylvania as well. And I'm really hoping to see some snow in this future, and especially uh, now that we're seeing a bit of warming going on. It's not looking great this week, but hopefully definitely in the future some snow. Yeah, definitely. And then with snow also comes the colder weather. So what do you think are a few tips that you would give people in Southeast Ohio to just prepare for the weather? For sure, yeah. We were actually talking about this earlier, just kind of things to keep in your car. Definitely have an ice scraper. Um, I don't know what else you keep in your car. Um, I would definitely say a spare blanket is nice and then maybe some extra clothes depending on if your car breaks down and you just have to sit there until a tow truck or AAA comes out just to keep yourself warm. And then I would also say hand warmers because you're going to get cold really quick. Hands are always the first thing to get cold, at least for me. For sure, yeah, it's great advice. I never use the hand warmers like in my car, but I'm definitely going to have to add that because I definitely do the blanket 
uh, trick as well. But even just like getting your car prepped for the morning and getting all the ice off the windshield, because I know it's my least favorite part of waking up. You know, you're waking up, it's already cold and dark outside, and you're like, oh man, now I gotta scrape off my car windshield too. Uh, but just kind of one thing that some people uh, typically do to spray their windshield off, or I guess to get the ice off in the morning, is you can either spray it with a defroster or de-icer, I guess, or you can mix uh, one-third part water and two-thirds part isopropyl or rubbing alcohol, and that'll help kind of clear it off. So that's, I guess, another good thing to keep in your car to keep your windshield clear if you get stuck somewhere. But yeah, definitely also check the air in your tires, because uh, as you get in colder weather, that air sort of contracts a little bit and lowers your tires. So you want to fill them up a little bit over uh, that PSI that's typically listed in there just to kind of get a smoother ride and to keep your cars uh, not deflated, especially if you park your car outside and not in a warm uh, area like a garage or anything. Ohio University winter sports teams begin their 2023 through 2024 seasons. Sports director Aiden Crowley joins us to talk about the recent success of men's and women's basketball. So Aiden, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving and for many of our sports at Ohio University, they had a whole bunch of games over the break. But first, we we're going to start with football. They just had their game against Akron. What went down in this game? I hope you had a good Thanksgiving too, Caleb. But it, it was a Black Friday contest for the Bobcats against uh, the Akron Zips. They traveled up there for that game and they started out a little sluggish. They came out of the gate kind of slow and they went into the locker room down 14-3 to against a two-win Akron team. And uh, when speaking with Coach after the game, uh, we talked to Coach Alvin about what was the message to that team in that moment. Obviously, you have a lot of seniors who don't want to end their season that way. And he, he said very candidly, he said, I probably can't repeat some of the things I said, but I lit a fire under them. And I think they got the message because they came out in that second half and outscored Akron 22 to nothing. Uh, they pulled away for a 25 to 14 victory. It was a night and day difference in that game from the first half to the second half. And it really came off the back of running back C.A. Bangura, who had 23 carries, 122 yards, and a touchdown. He was able to get the offense moving. Curtis Rourke was able to play off that. He won Mac East Offensive Player of the Week. Uh, he went 19 for 30 for over 200 yards and two total touchdowns, one through the air, one on the ground. So really just a complete night and day difference from first half to second half. And a lot of these seniors now have the opportunity, once the bowl selection comes out, to have back-to-back 10-win seasons. They'll wrap up the regular season 9-3. and three. It's never been done in school history. They have never had a team go back-to-back with 10-plus wins in a season. These, this team has put themselves in a position. Now we just got to sit and wait uh, for when the bowl will be announced. But a good way to end your season, especially uh, when you look at that second half. Yeah, and we can only hope for the best for our football team, but... To kind of move away from our fall sports, winter sports are now really starting to kick off in the high gear. And Aiden, I'm going to start with women's basketball first. What can you kind of tell us about these first few games for our women's team? Yeah, sure, Caleb. This is a younger team. This is also a team that has a, a lot of new faces, a couple transfers coming into the lineup. So I think for these first couple games, they're kind of trying to find their identity. Um, they're 2-2 two and two so far on the early season. They picked up wins against Dayton and IUPUI, and then they've dropped games against App State and Moorhead State. And in these games, uh, they've all been competitive, and they really 
I've, like I kind of been mentioning, have been trying to find what their identity is. And in their game against IUPUI, that was their most recent matchup. They came away with that one, 75-71, to and it was a really balanced effort. They had four scores reach double digits, and that's exactly what Bob Bold wants to see from his group. And it, they really got it done behind the arc. They went 11 for 21 behind the arc. So that's something that they're probably going to hang their hat on. And how about Jaya McClure, the sophomore who played a lot of minutes last year, who's kind of been catapulted into a leadership role on this team, even for how young she is, only a sophomore. She played 32 minutes, had 21 points and five assists. So look for her this season. But once this team really kind of tries to find their identity and they're able to gel more, I really like the direction that this team is going in. Yeah, and then to kind of move over to men's basketball, I believe they are 4-2 and two as of today, but today's Wednesday. But what can you kind of tell us about their schedule currently and kind of few games that are up ahead for them? Yeah, well, I believe Jeff Bowles and his, his team had a really good Thanksgiving because they were over in the Bahamas uh, for the Nassau Championship, and they were able to spend it uh, pretty well, honestly. They came away in that tournament 2-1. and one. Uh, They dropped their opening game against a really underrated George Washington team. Uh, that was an amazing game, a double overtime thriller in that one. They just came up short, but then they picked up wins against Middle Tennessee and Brown to wrap up the rest of that tournament. And Sharif Mitchell has really come on as of late for this Ohio team. He is a transfer that came in, and it kind of like with the women's basketball situation, kind of took him a minute maybe to find his footing with his team, but he had 24 points in his most recent outing for the Bobcats, and that's a career high for him. And Jalen Hunter doing Jalen Hunter things. He had 21 points as well. So this team is really rounding into form. Nothing is really surprising us with this Bobcat squad so far. Uh, they have scored a lot of points. They've given up a lot of points, and I think that's just going to be what this team focuses on is putting the ball through the hoop, and, you know, the rest will kind of try and take care of itself. Um, A.J. Clayton has been playing really well as a five. I don't think that's a position that he came in expecting to play, but he's really stepped up into that role pretty nicely. Uh, Their next game is going to be Saturday against Delaware, so a chance to kind of come back into Athens, kind of get back into the swing of things before they pick up uh, where they left off uh, in the Bahamas. That's all we have for you this week. Thanks for joining us. The outlet is produced each week by me, Kayla McCleskey. We're edited by Teach Baidia, Aaron Payne, and David Forster. Adam Mitch is our technical assistant, and our theme music is performed by Ryan Gavos. Enjoy our show? Tell a friend to give us a listen. They can subscribe to the outlet on SoundCloud or Spotify, as well as Apple Podcast, or find us online at woub.org. They can follow us on Twitter at outlet underscore woub, and Instagram at newswatch underscore W-O-U-B. We'll be back next week with more stories from Southeast Ohio.